0: I'm going to get out of the way, and I'm going to invite up our guest speaker for today. Can everyone give a big hand for B.J. Stekety, Dr. B.J. Stekety. He's a, he's a good friend of mine. He's a good-looking guy, and he's a solid dude, great, uh, great man of God, husband, father, chiropractor. Help me out in more ways than I can handle. Just like three days come ago. Come on. Yeah, just like just like three days ago, when I'm That's like, right. dude, my back. Yeah. So everyone, give it up for Dr. BJ right. Secody. Mm. <clears throat> How you guys doing this morning? How was that worship? Was that amazing or what? Yeah, uh, no, I I never thought I'd be able to like worship and play the drums at the same time, and uh, that was that was pretty cool. Um, Bruce and the guys, they an amazing amazing job. So why don't you give them a hand real quick? Um, Also, I just want to take a minute to uh, acknowledge our pastors and leaders here at this amazing church that we have. We have so many leaders in so many areas that um, we're just blessed as a church family. Um, So why don't you guys give it up for them, because that was pretty awesome, too. So... um, Apparently did a fairly decent job last time because they actually asked me to come back. <laughs> uh, so we're going to get started here. I'm going to touch a little bit on uh, what we did, what, what I covered a couple weeks ago. I think it was like mid March or so. So we um, should put up that first slide here. Figured I'd start with a joke today. This is a little chiropractic joke. Yeah. That's always fun so if you guys don't know uh, if you missed the first time I spoke I am a chiropractor I've been in practice for uh, I don't know 15 16 17 years something like that Um, and uh, I love what I do I covered a little bit uh, of my story as far as uh, my profession goes and how I got into it my dad's a chiropractor um, I've always wanted to help people like my dad helped people. Uh, he just has a ginormous giving heart. Um, I am a father, husband, uh, I have six children. You can go ahead and put up the next picture there. This was our family vacation to Florida um, over spring break. We've never done a spring break vacation before. I mean, we've gone places, but we've never actually done like an actual, hey, we're going to do vacation for a week. So, That was pretty fun, and all all six of the kids there. i got five girls, one boy. uh, He's right smack dab in the middle. The age ranges of my children are six all the way through 21. So my oldest um, just turned 21 last week, and my youngest just turned six last week. So there's about a 15-year time span. So um, we've been busy. Uh, Go ahead and put the next picture up there. We went to uh, Clearwater Marine Aquarium because the kids... Thought that was cool and that was fun too so anyways um so i'm a chiropractor um i traveled the world um as a professional athlete when i was younger and um also after i got into my profession in the sport of speed skating that i was in they uh they actually asked me to travel with the team usa you can put that one up here there we go so this is me working on an athlete in uh, i think that's in china Yeah, that uniforms that's from china from 2017 in nanjing china Um, so i traveled with the team five different years in a row um, took care of all the athletes and it was amazing so in my profession um, i specialize in a lot of different things but one of the things that really kind of pumps me up is athletics and i love working with athletes and i love that i can get into a situation that someone's having an issue and say, okay, let's do this, 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 and this. And then they can literally get up off the table and go out and perform at a better level than before they saw me. Um, So that was a lot of fun. I did that all the way up until 2019. 2020, everything got canceled. Everybody knows that everything got canceled. And since then, I haven't been back with the world team, but they've been asking. They asked me to go to Columbia last year, and I was like... Yeah, I don't think I can get stuck in Colombia. I'm too busy. I have other things going on. So, all right. Um, go ahead and put that next one up. So, alignment. This is, I'm just going to touch a little bit about, this is alignment part two. So, um, the definition of alignment is to put in correct order or appropriate relative position to come together in agreement or alliance. Um, I deal with this kind of stuff every day um, as a chiropractor uh the definition of alignment of your spine um is very important on an everyday basis with every single patient that i work with Uh, a couple of guys here in the room i've i've worked with uh, tim and ricky and some of the other guys that you know when they come into me i look for specific misalignments in the spine i use gentle correction of adjustments to restore function restore motion restore nerve supply decrease inflammation Uh, decreased muscle spasm, it's a musculoskeletal process that I'm not going to get into because it's a lot of technical terms, and it's, you know, know, not, I don't know, I got other things I want to talk about, so, anyways, so that's what I deal with on an everyday basis, so with that, um, how do we stay aligned, not so much from a chiropractic perspective, but from a spiritual perspective, And everyone in here um, wants to get closer to God. How do we stay aligned in that? Now, the last scripture that I used at the end of the last time was, Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Jesus Christ for you. 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18. And that's what I left off with. So um, what I'm going to talk about today um, is kind of hard for me. Um, uh, things have not always been great. Um, been a lot of hardship. Um, and I don't talk about this to anyone ever, um, because I've just set it aside and let God, and I let God deal with it. And it's a, I mean, it's a great story. That's why I'm sharing it today. Um, but when, I, when Pastor Tom said, hey, you know, why don't you come and speak again? We could, you know, we need someone in May. And, and I was like, oh, yeah, sure, okay. And I was like, all right, well, what am I going to talk about now? Um, and God just pressed on my heart that I should talk about this. Because um, a lot of us have dealt with rejection, betrayal, real hurts. Now, this might seem silly to a lot of people because it has to do with a roller rink. And. I mean, it's a roller rink. Who here has gone roller skating before? I mean, you can't not have fun with wheels on your feet, right? All right, so I'm going to kind of do a backstory here. Um, in the summer of 1989, I was 10 years old. Me and my friend Richard decided we were just going to hang out at this roller rink because we had a good time at one of our school skating parties and whatnot. Um, so throughout the summer, every Saturday afternoon, we went to roller skate. And it was fun. And it, as we kind of started to know some people around the rink and see these other, you know, we're renting skates and see these people that have their own skates and, you know, these people that are really going fast and really good. And I was like, oh, I think I want to do that. Um, So I said to my dad, I was like, dad, I want to try speed skating. And he's like, what? I was like, speed, what is that? And I was like, come, we got to go Saturday morning and check it out. Just so happens that the coach at the time was a patient of my dad's uh, so he's like, okay, so, you know, we, we went, we checked it out and he's like, you want to do that? Like, they're just skating around in circles. And I was like, yeah, I want to do that. He's like, okay. So that's kind of how I got it. And I was just I was 10 years old. That's kind of how I got into it. And I just fell in love with it. I don't know why I just fell in love with it. So as I kind of progressed through, you know, entry level and beginner and getting into that and then kind of getting into some more, uh, bigger races and started racing, that kind of thing. Uh, Got up to like a national level within a couple of years and um, it was just, that's what I wanted to do. So I just did it all the time. I was there all the time. Uh, I was just passionate about it. Um, Fast forward to 1993, um, I walk into the rink for just a normal training session and I looked down at the end of the floor and I was like, man, who is that? And I still remember to this day, She's wearing a yellow shirt, black shorts, just thick, gorgeous, black, curly hair. And I was like, wow, that is one good-looking gal. And I was still young, so. But anyways, I, remember, I distinctly remember that. And, you know, I got to, you know, as a teammate, you know, anyone's been on a club or a team or anything like that, you kind of get to know people. And um, if you're kind of guessing, this was my future wife that I didn't know at the time, but... We were teammates for a long time long time we fast forward a little bit longer or a little bit further like end of the 90s then we started actually dating um and you know a a mutual friend of ours um, we kind of started hanging out with him together and then he started ditching us on purpose because he kind of saw things were going in the right direction and whatnot so Um, so my wife and i actually met at this roller rink and we both loved it we just we wanted to be there all the time she was trying to escape her reality of home which was she was bouncing back and forth between mom and dad's mom's house dad's house grandma's house other grandma and grandpa's house and she kind of was all over the place with her home life um but so she wanted to be there all the time and i loved it i want to be there all the time so we started dating and we got engaged and all that fun stuff and um In 1999, I actually got the chance of a lifetime, and I had a company from Europe call me, said, hey, we see that you don't have a main sponsor. And I'd been, you know, kind of dabbling in a little bit of sponsorship here and there, nothing major. And they're like, hey, we want to pay you to come roller skate and race for us in Europe. So they paid my way. They they paid Jen's way also. Um, They set us up in Europe. Uh, We stayed in the Netherlands. We were there for two years. on and off. And, uh, you know, we kind of came back and went back and forth a couple of times for the main race season. We were over there. And that's all I did. I got up in the morning, I trained, I ate, I trained some more, I ate, raced three, four times a week. And we just lived there. They, we had the apartment for us, they had food was free, the car was free, gas was free. It was amazing. It was a once in a lifetime trip. So, towards the end of that, You know, we were married, and uh, right away we end up having our first child. Or we got she got pregnant right away, like within three months of us being married. And I was like, man, I don't think this speed skating thing is gonna pay the bills. (laughs) I I should probably actually do what I want to do with my life. So we moved home. I started school full time, and I kind of went through that the first time I talked. Um, And it was it was great. So. As I struggled in school, um, my wife at the time we had two kids. She moved home, lived with my parents. I lived in Iowa. She lived here. I got through school. Well, while she was here, she started up a speed skating club because that's what, you know, that's kind of what we did. Um, and she started coaching. It was like 2004 or something like that. So we kind of in, got into coaching and whatnot. And I got through school and I moved home and we still stayed in coaching. And we we're still at the same roller rink. Um, and just doing our thing. And, you know, we love mentoring. We love coaching. We love passing on knowledge and, you know, that kind of thing. So we fa- I'm going to fast forward quite a ways to 2011. Uh, my wife decided, you know what? I've never tried out for the world team. I've never competed on a national level or a world level. I want to try it. Bucket list. And I was like, okay. So we got to training, and I put her on a training regiment, and she trained for about 15 months. And lo and behold, she made the world team. Ended up going and competing at the World Championships in Seoul, Korea in 2011. Now, um, so we have this program um, that we're coaching, and we have some families that we were really close. To. We traveled the nation with them. We went to all these other events, all these fun stuff. And for some reason, that year that she took some time for herself and then went and made this world team, and they... I don't know, things just started to break down, and we didn't understand why. And we got, she got, you know, she's over in Korea for almost a whole month, and she gets back um, and just has the time of her life and got to meet a a ton of new people, and it was great for her. And all of a sudden, these three families that we're, like, closest with at this, in our group, they just started saying these weird things about us, and we're like, what is going on? And they... To make a long story short wanted to take over the program they didn't like what we were doing they wanted it for themselves well not only did they want to take over the program they wanted to make sure we weren't there anymore um, and these three families that were super close to us started telling lies about us telling nasty rumors about us you know we had worked at this roller rink um, for well since we were teenagers we knew the rink owner really well. My wife knew the rink owner very, very well. Um, she was one of, the, one of the head managers there. And it, it had been, what, a 10, 12-year relationship of working for this person. And some of the stuff that these people said, because some of them worked at the rink, too, and it's just kind of, you know, um, the teenagers worked there as their first job. The adults worked there as, hey, this is extra money on the side. It's nights and weekends. But they started saying stuff to this rink owner that we had a great relationship with, and she started believing him. And at first, it started off pretty petty. Oh, well, we don't, like, we don't like her hair, or we don't like the way she dresses, or we don't like the way he acts, and just petty stuff. And it started to get worse and worse and worse. And next thing you know, the rink owner calls us and says, hey, you've got to turn in your keys. You can't be here anymore. I have three families that I have working for me that don't want you here. I, I can't lose all of these employees just for you. Turn in your key. And we were like, whoa, we've been a part of this place almost our whole lives. Like, what, how, how does this happen? We were devastated. Like, I look back at it now, and it was like someone died. Someone close in the family died. Like, that's and our kids, we had four kids at the time. They were all really young. They loved it there. It was one of their favorite places. They had no clue. They had no idea. Well, why can't we go there anymore? What do you say to that? What do you say to a five-year-old that's like, you can't go to your favorite place anymore because these people are telling lies about us? It was, it was awful. So what do you do? Well, we try to stay aligned with Father as much as possible. We really stepped back. We stepped back for a couple of weeks and stayed completely silent. And at the time, we were trying to get a little more involved in church, um, trying to uh, volunteer a little bit, get to know more people. Um, And we reached out to some of the pastors and we're like, hey, what do we do? Like, we have no idea what to do. These people are saying these things that are awful about us. And, you know, like I said, at first it was just kind of petty stuff and then it it got worse and worse and worse. And, and they're like, you know what? Don't say anything. Pray. Stay in the word. Don't say anything to anyone. So that's what we did. Which is, I think that's one of the reasons why I don't talk about this very much. Um, because that's just kind of what we did. We just didn't talk to anyone about it. Because we weren't going to put any negativity towards anyone. We weren't going to say anything that would blow back at us. We just stayed silent. And the funny thing is... With each thing that these people said about us, that we didn't respond, it got worse and worse and worse and worse, and it went from, hey, we don't like them, to this guy's Sorry, it's a little hard for me to talk about. They accused me of Medicare fraud at my office. So it started off with just petty stuff all the way to, holy crap, this is going to affect my business. Not only that, they called the state board of chiropractic and tried to get my medical license revoked. I did nothing wrong, not at the rink, not in my business. I was doing everything right. The, the state board launched a full of that investigation, took a lot of time, and it was heartbreaking. But they came back and said, you know, someone came out a couple of times, and they went through this and went through that, and they're like, hey, you're not doing, I don't know why anyone would complain. You're not doing anything wrong. This is kind of ridiculous. And I was like, well, thanks for coming out. <laughs> you know, and they, they gave me like a formal piece of paper and said, hey, this was, nothing's going to be on your record of anything. But, like, that's how serious it was. You know, they were saying things about my kids about my wife? What do you do? <clears throat> we tried to stay aligned with Father. We prayed as a family. My wife and I prayed together. And we decided, you know, if we're going to continue to do this, you know, we've got to find somewhere else. Are we going to? We had all these. Families coming to us, hey, you're gonna keep coaching. We wanna stay with you. We wanna do this. And we're like, well, you know, this is kind of this is getting really serious. Like this is way above roller skating right now. Like we're just gonna take some time. So um, and we decided, you know what, we're gonna be all in for God. Like I said, we had started volunteering at church and trying to get more involved. And we kind of we've always mentored these kids in our club as they grow up, you know, it's kind of a youth kind of sport, so Um, We've had a lot of families come and go. A lot of kids grow up, go on to other things. Um, And we use that to just kind of mentor them, and not only in athletics, but in life. And we're like, you know what? I think this is what God wants us to do. So we turned it into a youth group. We found another location. It was horrible that it was not for speed skating at all, but it worked, and we focused on this is what we're going to do. We ignored all the negative, we stayed silent, we prayed, and we turned it into a youth group. We started praying before and after workout sessions, we started sharing scripture, we started mentoring kids towards Christ. And you know, when you're on the right path, the devil will attack you in the worst possible ways. So I said to my wife, I was like, you know, These other families, their kids are a little bit older than ours. Within two years, they're going to be off to college, and they're not going to want to do this anymore. They're only in it for their kids. We're not. We're in it for the long haul. We want to mentor kids for the long haul. Once our kids are grown and out of our house, we're still going to be doing this. So that's what we did. So Romans 5, 3, and 4, not only that we... Rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character. Character produces hope. That's really, really hard. If you knew what comes with it, would you still want it? If you knew what you had to go through to get to where you wanted to go, would you still want to do it? You you keep praying no matter how long the season is. You know, I said to my wife, I was like, within two years, they're going to be done. You know, and we just kept doing what we were doing. We kept praying, kept in the word, kept staying in line. You know, when you consult the book of facts versus a phone of opinions, it makes all the world in the difference. You know, these days, you don't have to pay for a consultant. You can just look at the comment section on any Facebook page and you'll get a multitude of experts to tell you exactly what you're doing wrong and exactly what you need to do. You know, Google reviews. Have you guys looked at Google reviews? Have you looked at churches Google reviews? Like who who Google reviews a church? Really? It's like worship was great, the pastor was great, but Man, I don't like this church. The seats were so uncomfortable. It's like, really? (laughs) Oh, Google reviews. You got to love it. Are you telling people to believe the impossible, but you can't even put up with the uncomfortable? Lies are uncomfortable. You got to stay aligned. When you're under attack, what does God say? Be angry, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger and give no opportunity to the devil. Ephesians 4:26 and 27. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you, along with all malice. Be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, as God in Christ forgave you. Ephesians 4:31 and 32. Then Peter came to them and said, "Lord, how often should I forgive my brother when he sins against me?" as many as seven times, Jesus said to him, I do not say to you seven times, but 70 times seven. It's Matthew 18. That's what God says about this. We had to intentionally forgive these people. It was hard every day. We had to be intentional about it, praying together, forgiving them every day, every moment of every day. Two years from the day all of this started to happen, we got a phone call from the rink owner. Hadn't heard from her in two years. All we heard was through the grapevine bad things. And she's like, hey, you wanna buy a roller rink? We're like, what? Nah, we just kind of blew it off. Six months later, she calls again and says, you know, I want you guys to come back to our rink with your program. You've obviously still had a very successful program. These other people have slowly, one by one, stopped working here. And they really don't have a program here anymore. And I want your program at my rink anymore. And we're like, whoa, okay. This was pretty serious stuff that we went through. And now you want us to step back into that? We're like, I I don't know if we can do that. So we thought about it. We prayed about it. And... We decided, you know what, we'll try it out. Once a week we'll go there, we'll feel it out, we'll keep doing our thing exactly like we've been doing it. And we'll know right away whether or not this is going to be a thing. So we did. Started doing some training sessions there with all of our, because we still had a huge club, and we had 30 kids that we were still mentoring. And it it was great praying with the kids and sharing, sharing scripture and, sharing Christ with them and going to events and, like, standing out at events with this big group of kids because of how we did things. Um, And we started, you know, back at this rink again. And we found out later that these people ended up giving this rink owner an ultimatum and said, well, you know, if they're going to be here, we're not. And she ended up saying, well, I don't believe anything that you said before, and um, they're more valuable to me as a business than you are, so I'm, I'm going to have to go with them. And it was, it was odd, very odd. And uh, we kept doing our thing. Program kept growing. Um, I'm going to fast forward quite a bit now to 2020. Everybody knows what happened in 2020. We got six kids now. We're still doing our thing. We're still coaching. Some of our older kids, we started, they started coaching with us, and they started running some stuff, and they started kind of stepping out of their comfort zone, and it was great. March of 2020, everything shuts down, and we're like, well, what do we do? So we spent the whole year. I mean, I, my office was still open, so I was still working, but we weren't at the rink anymore, so we had a ton of free time. So we spent the year you know, camping and fishing and doing all the fun stuff with the kids. And, um, but the place, it was shut down for the whole year. And come November, end of November, you know, with restrictions in Michigan and different things, the rink owner had opened up for a couple weeks in October and then it had to close back down. And you know how things are, they were like this all of 2020. End of November, this rink owner's husband was retiring. He wanted her to retire too. Her business had been closed almost the entire year. And she was like, I, I can't do it anymore. And we had talked previous years about trying to buy the rink and it was my wife and I's dream to be able to own this roller rink one day and you know she had a great relationship with this person that owned the rink and um, we thought well maybe someday it would happen and we tried you know probably four or five years ago we tried to work things out and it just didn't work out financially for us and we couldn't do it and anyways end of November she throws in the towel puts the rink up for sale doesn't tell anyone after the fact, calls and said, hey, by the way, I just put the rink up for sale. And we're like, what? Like, no warning, no nothing? Like, anyways. So we're like, man, this is it. Now what are we going to do? Kids, you know, we told the kids, the kids love it there. So we spent every day that week, we just went to the roller rink and hung out, played around, had the kids skate. And by the end of the week, she had six offers that were either asking price or more, and a couple cash offers, and we had no way of coming up with anything. Like, I, I had just, just earlier that month, and I talked about this in the last time when I was here, I had purchased another doctor's practice and merged our practices together, so I was doubly busy. Not to mention, we were financially strapped. Like, we had nothing. I put everything into my practice. We had nothing. We had no way of doing anything. So come Friday, a friend of ours that is in real estate kind of reached out to us. and was like, hey, did you hear about this? And, yeah, we heard about this. And, you know, because he was part of the roller rink back when he was a teenager too. And they said, well, how did you offer to buy it? And we're like, well, we could kidding. There's no way. There's no way. We just, we can't. And he goes, well, start asking around. See if anyone wants to invest with you. See if there's anyone out there. We're like, well, couldn't hurt, because by next week, it's not going to be a roller rink anymore. So we started reaching out. We started asking some people in the club and on the, on the team, some others, some really good friends of ours, and we're like, hey, this is what we need to come up with. He called the rink owner and was like, hey, would you be willing to sell it? similar to what we were thinking about five years ago. Would you be willing to you know look at that offer again? And she was like, yeah, sure. We're like, sweet. So now we gotta come up with X amount of dollars to do this, this, and this. And I'll make a long story short. We had nothing. And I ended up selling a bunch of stuff, come up with some quick cash. And then some friends of ours that, you know, they've been fairly friends. Acquaintances kind of popped in and out on the team, but I mean, they weren't really, we weren't really close with them, but we knew them. They said, hey, why don't you come over? Um, We want to talk to you. And I had been out hunting with my boy that morning. He ended up throwing up. We drove an hour to go hunt, and it was just awful. We got up early. We got there, and he's like, oh, I don't feel good, dad, and he threw up, and then Oh, well, we're already here. Let's see if it gets any better. And we sat in the car for 20 minutes. And he threw up again. And I was like, all right, I'm calling it. We're going home. So, so I get home. And we get through the day. And towards the end of the day, Jen was like, hey, they want us to come over and hang out with them tonight. I was like, I can't. I'm, I'm out. Like, this morning was rough. This afternoon was rough. Like, I can't. He's like, And she's like, you know what? Let's just go hang out. So we went and to hang out with our friends and they're like, hey, we want to help. You guys have the knowledge. We are able to help you. We want to partner with you. Right. Not only that, this couple, Heather and Dave, they're super good friends of ours now. Um, Dave's in real estate. He's also like custom construction kind of stuff. He you know, runs his own business, but he's been in real estate for five years and, or 13, 14 years now. Um, And he's like, I can write up an offer right now. And we're like, really? So yeah. So he writes up the offer. We stay up late that night. That's a Sunday. And sent the offer over. On Monday night, the next day, she accepts our offer. How does that happen? Like, favor is the only way. The only way. So that's beginning of December. Now... Keep in mind, this person had like multiple offers, cash offers over and she chose us after all of the previous crap that we went through. (laughs) Not only that, the rink had been closed for an entire year and we were like signing papers on a closed business, not knowing if it was gonna be open or not. Like, what are we going to be able to do? Are we going to be able to open? Are we going to be able to do this? We had no idea. We signed papers January 8th of 2021. Go ahead and put that next picture up on the screen. Our dream came true January 8th, 2021. Um, I know it sounds silly that... Anyone would have a dream to own a roller rink, but it's been a part of our lives for so long. And that's something that we've always wanted. And after everything that we went through, to have this come to fruition like this, it was amazing. You can throw that next picture up too. So we opened up. We're like, you know what? We're just going to open. We're going to do our thing. And the floodgates Opened like crazy. I mean, exceedingly, abundantly, overwhelmingly blessed. In the first month of business, this business saw the best business it had seen in 50 years. Throughout this whole process, we pressed forward. We stayed aligned. We stayed in contact with Father. We stayed in the Word. We prayed constantly. Not just in desperate situations, but in everyday things. You know, you got to keep reminding yourself of God's past victories in your life to know what you got going on in the future. You can't do ordinary things and expect extraordinary results. Well, that's it for my time today. I'm going to pray over you guys. Is that good? Yeah? You want to pray? Okay. Father, thank you so much for this time we have as men on Tuesday mornings, that we can be refreshed, that we can be sharpened with one another and encouraged. Lord, I pray for each, each man here. I pray for tender hearts to hear your voice, for the vision, for the future, and peace. I pray for wisdom and discernment in all things. Lord, I pray for protection over each one of the families represented here from any plans from the evil one. Lord, I pray for families, favor and families and jobs and businesses. Lord, complete in them the work that you started. Give them confidence to finish those good works. Lord, I pray that we all stay in alignment with you at all times in everything that we do. In Jesus' name, amen.